for me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you. In the beginning was the Word. The Word itself tells us that, and we're going to talk about that today on Your Next Step. We're so glad that you are with us. Pastor Doyle Jackson, lead pastor of the Church Next Door, is here. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy. We're yeah. talking about the Word. Well, actually, Peter says here in 1 Peter 1, uh, he talks about how Jesus, okay, was the the hope and the promise of God's word. Mm-hmm. So Peter agrees with John about Jesus being the word. Yeah. And, and again and again and again in scripture, uh, it was God's word, his promise that he would be the Messiah, that he would uh, fix our sin. And so that's why we celebrate the word. It's why we read the word of God, because we see God's love, his faithfulness, and, and even the Messiah in the Word of God. And so that's what we're going to look at today as we open up the Bible. Listen, I think there's so many people who, who have doubts about the Bible, and we're probably not going to cover all those today. But what we can cover is this, that you and I can rely on the Word of God because it is our hope and it points us to Jesus. Yeah, we base everything upon this word because everything can be based upon this word. I mean, this is the light and the darkness. Yeah. This is the truth that overcomes the lie. I would call us logophiles. You know, some people oh, are, yeah? you know, if you're a bibliophile, you love the Bible, yeah. but we are actually even beyond that. We are logophiles. We love the word that the Bible brings to us. And that's what we're gonna talk about today on your next step. That's Get good. ready for great hope, the word. Well, this week we want to talk about the Word of God and and how the Scripture has always been important to God's people. Now, I realize that there are some people who have questions about it. They have heard rumors that, you know, we really can't trust this because it's not an accurate reflection of what they originally said. And then someone always gives this illustration You remember when you were in elementary school and you played the telephone game? Well, can I just say this? The telephone game is not an accurate representation of how you got the Bible. Number one, you were in third grade, all right? Third graders do not have the same aptitude as someone who is copying the Bible, all right? Number two, they really felt that it was important and and they were willing to lose their life for the sake of that scripture. Nowhere did losing your life come into the game when you were playing telephone in school. It was, it was much more important to them. So the copies that you have today in English are a great representation of the original intent. Okay? I'll talk to you some more about that. The Bible is an amazing text. Think of it this way. It is more read than any other book in human history. More copies have been sold. And so if you cannot say that you've read it from cover to cover, I think that's a worthy goal. I think that's a great place to start. In my own personal life, it has transformed the way I live. 
It's transformed the way I relate to God, but it's transformed the way I relate to other people and humanity. It's made me a better husband. It's made me a better father. It's made me a better leader and a better pastor. And I believe it'll do the same for you because it has life-altering information. We're going to see that today as we look at it, okay? If you have questions about the Bible, what I would challenge you on is this. Make sure you get the answers. Did you hear me? I know a lot of people that ask questions about the Bible, but they never research and get the answers. Listen, to ask a question but not do the hard work to get the answer is not really honest, is it? You may sound like an intellectual to ask the question, but if you don't find the answer, you've just begun the process. Asking a question is good, but you haven't really done due diligence until you found the answer, okay? I'll mention some resources today that can help you along those lines, so be ready to jot that down. If you have the Church Next Door app, get it out. Follow along on it, okay? One of the things that, about the Church Next Door app, if you don't have it, it's free. We started this in 2013, and the reason we started the app was so that we could read the Bible together as a church, That's right. So every year we do a Bible reading plan that will go all the way through the Bible. And if you'll get the app, it will actually read it to you every day if you want to. How easy is that? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not going to come by your house and read it to you every day, but the app will. Okay. And so that's why we did that because we want to do that. Now, this is what I find interesting. If we'll all read the Bible together, you get to have a conversation with your friends, your family, and other people and say, I don't understand this. Let's talk more about it. That's why we invite you into that relationship with the body of Christ and the Word. And next week, we're going to talk about that next piece, which is the church, the body of Christ. Okay? So get your notes out. If you've got them here in the room, you can do that on your phone or in person. If you're online, you can go and get the, the, get the outline. So today we're going to talk about great hope, the word, and I want to start with this passage that we've looked at since Easter, which is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Listen to this because I think it's really important. So this is the apostle Peter writing the early church about 25 to 30 years after Jesus' resurrection. And this is what he says, praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. He has given us new birth, say new birth. The new birth that Peter is talking about is very reflective of John chapter 3 when he was talking to Nicodemus, right? Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and he has all these questions in the middle of that. Jesus says to him, Nick, what you need is to be born again. Go back and read John chapter 3. That's a great testimony of what it's about. So when Peter brings this up, he says that God has given us new birth. How has he given us new birth? into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. See, this new life gives you hope that everything's going to be okay. And and what the New Testament authors believed, what Jesus' coming did for us, was it connected us to this ancient tradition, this ancient God-follower belief that God would show up and redeem them. Keep reading with me. We're going to skip down to verse 10. Same chapter, same author, Peter. He says, concerning this salvation, this new birth, the prophets 
who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, searched intently with the greatest of care. So this means the, the people of old, people like, people like uh, Simeon and Anna, who were there when Jesus came to be dedicated, they had been reading the scriptures, longing for the day of the Messiah. Well, this has gone on for generations among God's people. There are always these people searching the scriptures, intently watching for, for thousands of years for the hope that the Messiah would come and take away their sin and give them new birth. So when we talk about Abraham or Moses or, or David, or, or it doesn't matter, anybody from the Hebrew Bible, from the Old Testament, that was longing for the Messiah. They were saved believing that one day God would send the Messiah, a lamb, to die for them. That's what they were watching for when that person would arrive. What Peter says is that person was Jesus. He's the Messiah. Trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing them. So the Holy Spirit was leading them that one day God would provide. And when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. So the, so the early church believed that Jesus was the hope or the promise of the word of God. So where did they find out about that promise? From the Bible, from the scripture. So today, what you and I want to do is say, well, how did they see the Bible as hope for them? Because I got to be honest with you, Pastor, sometimes when I read the Bible, it seems really archaic. It, it really seems out of tune. It seems like an old way of doing things. I get that. I realize that. I realize that the Bible is an ancient world. When we talk about the Bible, there's portions of it that are 5,000 plus years old. I mean, think about that. It's hard to imagine that when you're reading this, that this is, this is something that's, that's, that's accurate. I mean, come on. We, this is America, and, and, and we have the Declaration of Independence, right? We have the Declaration of Independence, and it's in Washington, D.C., and we have the original copy. We know that there were a couple of copies because they edited it, and then, but we've got the one there, and it's under glass, and we keep it hermetically sealed, and we do all this, and it's taken millions of dollars for us to keep that one document in front of us for the past 200 plus years. How can what I'm reading be true? Well, that's because the same way you and I know that that document is there, we've taken great care. And there are people that have taken great care. Do we have the original document of, of the book of Genesis? No, we do not. But I do believe that the people that have loved the Word of God has shared it through the generations and that you and I can say that is the Word of God. And the reason we can say that is because when we open up the Bible and we open up history, it's really, really accurate. It's the most accurate, most widely held account of life. You know, we go to the movies all the time, right? The movies make all sorts of movies, you know, uh, Brad Pitt, you know, he'll show up and we'll believe that's, that's really the way Alexander the Great was. Come on, people. You really think Brad Pitt is Alexander the Great? We know they took a little bit of license with it, right? 
Well, don't let some of that skepticism of the Hollywood worldview make you think that the people that were writing Scripture took that much license with it. Because we have ancient documents going way back, and, and they're holding to the words. I can talk to you more about that at another time, but I'm telling you, it's a beautiful representation. It's a beautiful representation. Yesterday, I flip on the TV, and they're, they're, they're talking about Prince Philip. I thought there was a couple things that were really interesting to me. Number one, the commentators were like shocked that there was so much religion in his funeral. I'm like, well, it's at the church. We all know that the Queen of England, the Anglican Church, where, where have these reporters been that they're shocked at the religious nature of it? You know what I'm saying? We have more resources for you at DoyleJackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. Pastor Doyle, we have a great free resource we want to share with our friends. It is a copy of your great message, Great Hope, The Cross. This is going to be a PDF digital download. If they go to DoyleJackson.com, give us their email, it'll be sent to them. What is the value of having that message on uh, PDF as well as hearing it through the radio? Well, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, number one, we learn things best when we get to see them, when we get to hear them, and somehow when we get to be kinetically involved with them, we get our hands involved. And and that's what we want our our friends to do, because you're partnering with us, you're listening, and, and we want to give this to you. And then I'm praying that you'll pray this prayer out loud. That's part of this lesson. Uh, we go through in this lesson the, the eight things that Christ provided on the cross. He provided forgiveness. He provided healing. He provided righteousness. I'm not going to give you all eight right now. Right. you got to go right. and get it, because if you begin to pray that aloud over your life, it'll transform the way you think about Jesus and the way you think about yourself, because it transforms us to confess that aloud. We're beginning to engage with what God is is doing when we start to, yep. to it's just like when you hear somebody quote a scripture and yep. you're like, well, I want to look it up. You're engaging even more. This is a chance to engage even more with the cross. So go to DoyleJackson.com, put in your email, you'll get this PDF. We believe it's going to bless your life. Let's continue with your next step. And then they start talking about Philip, and they said some things that were interesting to me. They were talking about how when when Philip married the queen, okay, when they got married, he became a royal, and how he had to give up some of his life. That he was, you know, this Navy guy, and he was this hard-charging kind of guy. You know, I, I loved the, the, I'm calling it a truck. I know that it's a Land Rover, the truck that he designed. I mean, I'm like, that looks like something we would do here on the west side of Columbus, doesn't it? An old, cool truck is what we want as our, as our funeral coach? Go Prince, you know what I'm saying? is they're talking about him and and talking about this and what he'd given up in his life. And I began to reflect on what the Bible, the Word of God says about you and I. It says through our relationship with Jesus Christ that you and I become a part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
set apart wholly to God. How dare you and I believe that we can be a God follower and we not give up something? I mean, we want the benefits of the kingdom of God, right? We want the blessings. And trust me, Prince Philip, he had some nice parts about his life. But there were some things he didn't get to determine, did he? See, you and I have to accept that as God followers, if we become a part of this family, the family of God, there will be some things that we have to set aside. That's the second thing I noted was they kept talking about family, 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 and yet they were honest about the fact that family ain't perfect. I don't know about your family, but it gives me great hope when I see the queen and all the troubles that she has with family. We're not going to go into the tabloids. I'm just telling you, family is family, and we don't always see eye to eye. And that brings me to the third thing, all right, which relates to what we're talking about. Have you ever been at an event with your family, and they retell the story of that event, and their story is different from your story? Yeah. Were they at a different event? You say that sometimes. Were you at a different party for me? No. They have a different set of life experiences. They were sitting in a different place in the room. They missed the fact that so-and-so spilled such-and-such on so-and-so, and that you got this reaction. If you were asked Jennifer right now to retell you the story of our wedding day, it's going to be vastly different from my perspective. My dad was the officiant. He cried. His perspective is different from mine. Does that mean that the events didn't happen the way that they're told to you? No. We live in that reality every day, don't we? So why is it some people who claim to be Bible scholars find somehow when they read the the account of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as though the fact that they don't line up perfectly? Write this down. There's a guy by the name of J. Warner Wallace. Okay, J. Warner Wallace was a homicide detective. He was not a believer. J. Warner Wallace spent years doing homicides and cold cases. One day, he decided he wanted to know if the Bible was real or not. So he wanted to to test it to his homicide standards. As he started reading the Gospels, you know what he determined? He determined the fact that the stories are different from different witnesses, that it's true. Because that was his experience in dealing with a homicide. He said, if I roll up on a homicide and everybody starts telling me the exact same story, I know there's collusion. I know they've met in a room and they've told, they've said, this is what the story we're going to tell. And he said, I know I have to find the truth. And he said, when I, so if you want to look up J. Warner Wallace, that's a great testimony. Look up the case for Christ, the, the case for faith by Lee Strobel. These are, these are tools. The, the Christians that have had questions about the authenticity of Scripture have always dug in to try to find those answers. And my guess is this, the questions that you have about the Bible have been looked at before. If you find a new question, I want to hear it. Because I believe that would be a great discovery for us. How about this? They announced in Israel that they found more documentation of the ancient world from the first century. 
in the caves near where they found the, the Qumran scrolls years ago. Not at Qumran, just down the way in the Rift Valley near the Dead Sea. We are going to continue to find such artifacts. You're like, well, I don't know that, man. It seems like everything would be found. There are literally thousands of caves, okay? There's also what's called the Engedi Mole Viper in that area, and not everybody wants to go in those caves because of the Engedi Mole Viper. I'm just telling you, if God has held this information for all these years, if history has held it, you and I need to give it a good look at, okay? So today, as I look at the whole discussion of the Bible, why is it important? Why, why is this important? Well, you and I believe as Christians in what we call natural or general revelation. That means when you see the sun come up every day, you see the sun in the sky and you're like, awesome, it's going to be a great day. In Columbus, about 50% of the time, it's cloudy, so you don't see that. But the, the natural creation tells you that there's something going on. There's something wonderful going on. Because our earth, it rotates around the sun, tilted on its axis at just the right way so that you and I have the direct distance that we need to have the warmth, the coolness, everything that we need to have life on this earth, right? And so for us as God followers, we look at that. Now, I realize that many people in our culture today, they've just adopted what I would call a deistic worldview. They believe that something started it. We don't know what it is. They created something vague. They say, well, maybe it was an explosion. Maybe there was some kind of force because there's no way for a black hole to explode without some sort of extra help. We know that. In the same way, when, when the lights come on in this room, you know that there had to be someone who flipped the switch. There's someone who pressed a button. Or we set up a system by which it came on automatically at the right time. Well, that's general revelation, okay? So when you and I sit on a mountain and we look over the beautiful valleys, maybe it's the Grand Canyon, haven't been there yet, hope to. And we, we imagine, wow, what a beautiful place. This is, that's general revelation. When you and I look at the Bible, that's called a, a special revelation where God has made himself known to all humanity. A deist believes that God started it all, then stepped away from it. But where's the ethics in that? Why would a God start it all and then never interact with it? Well, the Bible says, yes, I started it all. I'm glad you've been looking for me. Let me explain to you why I did all this. And, and then it begins to explain that, yes, evil came into our world, and God had to deal with it. Now, what's interesting to me in that is that you and I are aware of the evilness of the world in which we live. Right now, as a culture, we are, we are just kind of like in this constant, just kind of drumbeat that there's things that are not right about the world in which we live. The way we treat one another, the way we live is inappropriate. Everything from the issues of race to human trafficking to drug problem, you just name it. We're aware that there's something not right. Well, the Bible says that that is the brokenness, the, 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 the evil of our sinful nature in the world in which we live. Paul in Scripture Describe that kind of throbbing, groaning, 
He says that the whole earth, the whole earth is groaning. Creation is crying out to its creator. Show up in the midst of this. And you and I for the past year have experienced a global reality that there needs to be something more to life because something is not right and we need some help in a mighty, mighty way. And so you and I turn to the Word of God and we say, God, what is it you're doing? And that's why it becomes important. Now, today, I want us to look at this, that, you know, the Bible's an ancient document, and, and yet we read it, and there seems like some of the things about the Bible, they're just so disconnected from our world, and, and we don't relate to them. And, and you and I, we live in a culture that's always looking for the new, right? We're looking for something better along the horizon. Something, we, just, we want something to solve all our problems. We believe that an iPhone will solve all our problems. If we just get a new app, somehow that app will make our life easier. No, there's still sin in the world. It may make it easier for a while, but they'll find out some way to mess up that app. They will change it within six weeks, and you have to update, right? Listen to this. Look at this in your notes. When we read the Bible, we think it's out of touch, but this is what Solomon had to say. Solomon was David's son, okay? He was the king of Israel. What has been will be again. And what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. What Solomon said is, what you and I think is new is actually just a repeat. You have been listening to Great Hope, the Word, here on Your Next Step, a wonderful message from Pastor Doyle Jackson of The Church Next Door. We are so glad that you tuned in and spent this time with us. Pastor Doyle, we're talking about the Word here in this message, and it just seems natural that people would want to take another step with this Word, try out our devotion and podcast, A Year in the Bible. Yeah, I had a girl email me just a few weeks ago, and, and she said, I'm 20 years old. I live in rural Ohio, and someone introduced me to a year in the Bible, and I want you to know it's transforming my life. And my mom is now doing it with me. She's she's like so excited about the Word of God, and that's a free resource. You know, we've had over 40,000 downloads of a year in the Bible. It's amazing how many people's lives are being changed by just saying, every day I'm going to open the Word of God for four, maybe five minutes max. They listen to an intro to the passage, and then they read a chapter or two of the Bible themselves. And we want you to do that. We want you to be a part of that. It's not free to you because you put a lot of effort into it, and I see the work Well, it's costly, but, yeah. but we've paid the cost. We've yeah. upfront the cost. The church next door has done that yeah. as a gift to you. And right? that's what Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. So we want to freely give this this resource to you a year in the Bible, download it, interact with it, develop that relationship with the word that we've been talking about, and then come back because we have more Your Next Step for you. Your Next Step with Doyle Jackson is a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued, but to help keep us on the air, visit doylejackson.com and click give. That's doylejackson.com. You can also send a check to the church next door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-4034. That's 888 888- 
644-404-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.